Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome to the show. It is Maggie and Perloff. Maggie Gray, Andrew Perloff had to skip out of here. He's serving on a grand jury today. So we all wish him the very best of luck. But the sports world continues to turn. And and this one was, uh, to say a shock, I think would be a massive understatement. And that is some new anecdotes and some new reporting around Buffalo Bills head coach Sean McDermott. The reporting is done by a friend of the show, Ty Dunn. He has his own website and Substack. It's called Go Long. He is the founder of it. He does phenomenal work. Ty, thanks so much for the time today. How are you? Doing good, doing good. Great to uh, be here, Maggie. I, as always, when I hear your voice, I'm, I'm pre- for a Rob Johnson uh, defense. <laughs> so I, I really wish we were going that direction. I know, you know. But as you know, he was the superior quarterback, so there's really no need for us to go there. I know. The one thing you and I will never agree on when it comes to Buffalo Bills and their history. But, Ty, one thing where you and I, I think, are in lockstep is examining the head coach of the Buffalo Bills. And in this season that, you know, is just as far from uh, expected as possible, right? Even despite injuries on the defense, everyone expected that the Buffalo Bills would still be a Super Bowl contender and said they're languishing at 6-6. Six and six. But you've done a deep dive. And when I say deep dive, I mean, Ty, was this 10,000 words? I mean, it was unbelievably sourced and reported about the head coach of the Buffalo Bills and sort of how he fits into everything. So let's start here. This is not complimentary about Sean McDermott, right? at all what about McDermott makes you believe that he's the reason that the Bills haven't been to the Super Bowl yet in the Josh Allen era I think that final point is is the impetus here We, we all we all see this quarterback we all know that he is one of three maybe one of two people on the planet that he does and six years into his career, seven years, and a Sean McDermott. And, and yet we really do see these games end the same way repeatedly. 13 seconds, which we delve into at length, um, and, and you're right, go along, TD.com, we get the whole series up at three parts, uh, 21,000 words. So we went a lot of different directions here. But whether it's 13 seconds, whether it's the Hail Murray, whether it's fourth and 18, whether it's the Neal, uh, pick, pick your nickname, right? There's not many coaches. Of a, a cure, this, this many nicknames off of this many collapses. Wait, Ty, hold on one second. I just want to stop you. The connection is bad. I don't want to, you're making a lot of great points here, and I don't want to get lost with a bad connection. So while we do have a moment. So Ty is talking about the 
amount of times that the Bills and the Josh Allen era have come up short and the fact that there is like a shorthand for these instances in and that's how painful they are, right? And like this is how well known they are, which is the 13 seconds game, of course, remember the divisional round loss to the Kansas City Chiefs. Maybe a little bit less known is the Hail Murray, which is the Bills losing on a last second Hail Mary to Kyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals. There's the fourth and 18, which Minnesota Vikings fans will understand. That was a connection to Justin Jefferson, a home game. And it goes on and on, including a kneel down in Philadelphia with 20 seconds left on the clock in one timeout where possibly the Bills could have gotten into field goal range and not got into overtime with the Philadelphia Eagles and eventually lost in that overtime. And I think there's going to be a lot of people, and I would get this, who look at the Bills and say, why are you complaining? What do you have to possibly complain about? This is an all-time great quarterback, right? This is a team that maybe is a couple injuries away from being right back in there in contention. But there are some underlying issues that Ty brings out in this piece that signal that things may not be as peachy as we think. One is that there have been a lot of head, uh, a lot of coaches on the staff, not just offensive and defensive coordinators, who have left the team to go to lateral moves. This is not something that you see with teams that are legit Super Bowl contenders. And according to the over you know, 25 sources that Ty spoke to, these are assistant coaches and former coaches who are sprinting towards the exit because they don't want to work for Sean McDermott anymore. And listen, McDermott might not be the friendliest, you know, fuzziest guy. Neither is Bill Belichick. But here's the thing about Belichick. All the assistants come back. It may not be a picnic to work for Bill Belichick, to play for him, or to coach under him, but think about the amount of guys who go back there. Think about Josh McDaniels. Bill O'Brien is there right now for a second time. Think about Joe Judge. I mean, they all, all these guys find their way back to the Patriots, where as Sean McDermott, according to this reporting, there have been so many coaches who are running for the exits, and those coaches are not coming back around. They're leaving for lateral moves to leave a Super Bowl contender for non-Super Bowl contenders and just for better work environment. Okay, Ty, you're back with us. Let's go back through why why you think McDermott is... Is he the reason you think that the Bills have not been to the Super Bowl in the Josh Allen era? Yeah, I, I think that he... A lot of different themes and a lot of different words are used uh, re- repeatedly by players, by coaches, by personnel men. Uh, I talked to 25 people in all who have passed through that building, uh, past and some present, and the words that come up, number one, is tight. And you see it. You feel it. There, it's not a coincidence that this team with this coach gets into these moments, 20 seconds left, you have a timeout, you have Josh Allen, you're facing a bad Philly secondary, and you take a knee. Right? This is the kind of finish that you've seen repeatedly. And it's not a coincidence that in 13 seconds, we could, we could spend an hour talking about his decision to, to, to kick it deep, when the special teams coordinator wanted the squib and 10 of the 11 hurt squib, but just fast forward to those two plays. I mean, he takes the timeout before each play. I was told that he just flat out took over the play calling from Leslie Frazier. And you can see him talking to the headset on the TV copy. 
and he calls it Kodak, like taking a timeout before a big play to get everybody set. And it sounds great on paper, right? It sounds great in theory, like a lot of different anecdotes that you might have read in this story. Um, you might be overthinking it a little bit here. But th- th- this is a game played by human beings, played on instinct. It's almost like a basketball game, right, when Phil Jackson sees Michael Jordan strip the ball from Carmelo and he's, he's dribbling down the like, don't you, you don't call time out there. You let, you let Jordan be Jordan. Like, just, just don't get in the way. Players win games. Coaches lose games. And they're, they're losing these games because of their coach. Like, it's, you know, it, it, those, those two plays, for example, you've got your DBs on their, on their heels. One safety is 31 yards off the ball. Another safety is 27, 28 yards off the ball. And that game ends in tragic fashion. But that's not even the worst part of it, Maggie, as, as you read. I mean, not only was it never dealt with publicly and no explanation given to, to the fans pr- privately with the coaches, with the players, it was finger-pointing, it was not meeting this head-on, and like any trauma in life, this is trauma in sports, that kind of finished. I think that that loss has really lingered and to, to the point where they're a 6-6 six and six team that is maxed out with this head coach. Ty, I think that, you know, people on the outside would look at this and say, what are you guys complaining about? You know, everyone complains, you know, talk to a Cowboy fan about how Mike McCarthy manages the end of a game. You know, talk to talk to anybody about, you know, coaches' decisions. Every fan base would have an issue. But with McDermott, like, I think a fan would say they're winning a lot of games. Okay, they're having a down year. There's been injuries on the defense, but they're winning a lot of games. How? Wh- what's the problem here? How is there a problem? That's that's a great question because I think that's where the Bills are organizationally. They're looking at this as he's the most winning coach in Buffalo Bills history. He's the drought slayer. They didn't make the playoffs for 17 years, right? You're going through the retread coaches, the Chan Gailey's, the Dick Durans. You're you're going through, you know, Rob Johnson notwithstanding, legend. You're going through a lot of pretty bad quarterbacks for 17 years. And you find a coach who ends the drought. You find a quarterback. You win three divisional championships. I get it. I mean, there's an argument to be made there when you've got a stadium being built, like literally right now, and you want to fill it with hope, with fans thinking you, you got a winner. Um, so y- you, can, you can think about this team through that lens of, holy hell, we don't want to go back to the dark ages and, and suffer through another 17 years. But that's kind of how Sean McDermott coaches. Are you going to look up at that clock See 20 seconds, see one timeout and take a knee, or are you going to be bold and realize Josh Allen is 27, he ain't getting any younger, he plays a certain way, you've got a Super Bowl window open, maximize it. How many games, how many finishes do the Bills need to see to realize you are wasting this guy's career? And that's why in part three I, uh, I, I chatted with Brett Favre at length all about this because he's probably as close to Josh Allen as we'll see in terms of play style and, and he looks back at his career, and it's like, man, I had a really good thing with Mike Holmgren for seven years. And we won one Super Bowl, but we would have won a hell of a lot more if we were together. And I think that Josh Allen had that type of relationship with Brian Dable, and he certainly doesn't have it with Sean McDermott. Yeah, it's interesting, even McDermott being a defensive coach, that it doesn't seem like they have a deep relationship, which means not a lot of trust. Now, there's an anecdote that's getting a lot of attention that is in the story, and it's a story from training camp where Sean McDermott, the head coach of the Bills, brings the team together, and he wants to you know, give them sort of a pep talk, if you will, or maybe something to think about, and he wants the theme to be teamwork and to you know, illustrate this you know, teamwork and the, and the benefits of teamwork. 
he uses the 9-11 terrorists and hijackers as an example of how people work together, not the aftermath and how a country came together uh, after those attacks, the actual perpetrators of the attack. I mean, this is unfathomable. Was this like a coach having a bad moment, Ty, or was this something else? This is, yeah, it's a bad moment for sure. I think that it it exposes Sean McDermott in terms of the way he he thinks the game, thinks the profession. He overthinks everything. In his mind, and he did apologize when there was this uproar and players and coaches were justifiably pissed off by him using that as an analogy, went out on the field and I guess one player interpreted it as a heartfelt apology Another player told me that, well, he kind of doubled down, and I, he didn't think it was that sincere. But in his mind, it was that evil can come together to execute something so heinous. Imagine what we could do as a football team trying to win games. So he just overthought it to the extreme. And I think that that kind of shows, you know, side of Sean McDermott, like, this is somebody who is going to overthink everything, right? And we were just talking about how these games have all ended. He's overthinking them. You just, you just have to be a human being, and you have to realize this is, a, this is a sport played by human beings with emotion, and you don't have to be so calculating and meticulous and, and take things to that extreme to the point of literally comparing your players to the hijackers of 9-11. I mean, my jaw hit the floor hearing this from whatever it was, seven, eight different people that were there. I mean, he's saying this to a a group of about 100 people when you think about over 100, 90 on the camp roster, coaches, trainers, all of that. And for, for him not to have that switch in his head and realize that this, this is wrong, you cannot use this as an, an analogy, I think it tells you a lot about his robotic nature because that's the word that comes up right there with him being tight, is he's just kind of a robot and struggles to communicate. And that is the most extreme case that you'll ever hear when yeah. it comes to that. Oh, without a doubt. And Ty Dunn is joining us. He's the founder of Go Long, and he's this deep, exhaustive reporting on Sean McDermott and the Buffalo Bills and everything behind the scenes. Now, here's my question, right? A story like that comes out. Now, that this didn't just happen, and it happened in front of a lot of people, that 9-11 anecdote. So imagine people in positions of power in the organization knew that this happened, right? And they were willing to look past it or move move past it or whatever. So I'm curious about the power dynamic with the Bills and if you could shed light on this. Because I think Sean McDermott has a lot of power with the Bills. He was hired before the general manager was hired, and the owner really is kind of hands-off. It was his wife who was more involved, I believe, in the day-to-day, and she's had to step away for health reasons. If Sean McDermott was going to be on the hot seat, who is making this decision? Terry Pagula. It's his decision. And you just nailed it, Maggie. I mean, Sean McDermott is hired. He handpicks his general manager in Brandon Bean. I think it's worth noting, too, and I wrote this, players, coaches, the, 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 the sources in this story who had the most critical things to say about Sean McDermott and the way he leads a team behind the scenes, in, in almost the same breath go out of their way to say how spectacular of a human being Brandon Bean is. I think that he puts out a lot of fires behind the scenes that nobody sees. I mean, he is somebody that can communicate. He is somebody that can sit down with a coach who is maybe ticked off about something Sean's doing and, and try to kind of mend fences. And players, he, he's the one that cuts players, releases players. And they're even saying, like, 
yeah, even though that's the dynamic with Brandon Bean, I can go to him with anything. That's, that's the guy I really feel I can have a conversation with. So he's on, at best, equal footing, I guess, with Sean because they're kind of tied at the hip contractually. But you're right, Sean brought him in. So it's not like Brandon Bean can really do anything in terms of Sean McDermott. It, it would take Terry Pagula realizing, okay, here's the GM who was the driving force behind drafting Josh Allen. Probably knows what he's doing. He's you know built a roster that, not perfect, but good enough to win a Super Bowl. And, and Sean McDermott, with all these wins, you know, I, I, there's probably a lot of coaches who could step into this situation and not do worse, as one player said. So will that light bulb go off with ownership? I'm not sure. I, I really don't know. I, I, I'm hearing everything that the athletic heard that's out there, that they believe in Sean McDermott as the coach. Um, they kind of poo-pooed this 9-11 stuff. and like, oh, it was well known. I'm telling you, there's players and coaches that, that it didn't sit well with them. Um, for what it's worth. Yeah. And if they win games and are competitive, it's hard to see him getting fired. If, they, if the wheels fall off, they lose out, they miss the playoffs, I know owners can change their minds. They tend to do that. Ty, last one for you. And again, thank you for this. And it is a hell of a read. Whether you're a Bills fan or not, it's just very interesting about the inner dynamics and inner workings about a team that is right on the cusp, right? With a with an all-time quarterback and, and how they can possibly get through and break through uh, last one for you. So obviously the 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 Sean McDermott nine eleven uh, story is going to get a lot of headlines and rightfully so. Um, amongst all the other reporting you had, is there another story or another moment that you feel like fans should know? Bills fans, football fans, that you think really like sort of encapsulates everything that you were trying to get across with this piece? There's many uh, that that would fit in this category. I think the takeaway is. With this coach, this team is is kind of fighting against itself before needing to even play an opponent. And that's the way one assistant coach put it. You've got to overcome your own head coach before you even play the game that next Sunday. And there are so many examples that go into it. I know we're pressed for time. A couple that jump out. Man, Chad Hall, beloved wide receivers coach, gets the most out of Stephon Diggs after everything went to hell in Minnesota. Guys love him. They all chip in. They get him a dang truck. And that is described as a dark day at one Bills drive because Sean didn't like players getting close with a coach. Chad declined comment for the story, but I heard this from several different people. And it was a little insane. And on top of that, his salary, I guess, was the lowest in the NFL, pretty insulting. He just, that's a war that doesn't need to be fought, right? Like, this is, this is a sign of great culture. If your players are doing this for a coach, why are you painting this as the biggest negative ever um, again and again and again, you just hear stories like that and manifest to the field, and that's why this team with this quarterback that should have a Super Bowl up by now is 6-6 six and six wondering where did it all go wrong. Ty, again, fantastic. Go long, TD.com. I'm a subscriber to the Substack. I love it. Um, this and, and all the other stuff that you do, um, fantastic, fantastic work, and really appreciate it. Any day, anytime, Maggie. Thanks so much for, uh, for having me on, and then let's just do it again soon. Definitely. Ty Dunn, got to check him out. Go long. He's the founder and does great reporting. I mean, not just the Bills, does great reporting. And this was illuminating. Because here's the thing about Buffalo is that Josh Allen has broken through, like crossed over. You know, we talk about young people today and young fans of the league, how maybe they're more into individual players than they are teams. 
Josh Allen is the perfect example of that. You've got kids running around with Josh Allen jerseys that couldn't probably name three other people on the roster. I, <laughs> yeah. I don't know about Bogus' son, but, I mean, he is a young kid in the Josh Allen jersey. Exactly. And he probably <laughs> knows Allen and Diggs. Yep. And, you know, it's not the same as it used to be. And I'm not saying that's wrong or that's bad, but Josh Allen is a guy who's broken through. And when you get so close and each time you're falling short – and it's clear that the head coach has something to do with it, and the coach is telling everyone else, no, 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 it's this, this, that, and that, it becomes extremely frustrating, I imagine, behind the scenes. This is a market thing to me. I don't think he could get away with this if he was playing for it. It's a market thing. I also think it's a franchise popularity thing. Like, if he was coaching the Steelers, he was coaching the Niners, he was coaching the Cowboys, there's no way I think he'd be able to get away with, A, this kind of behind-the-scenes stuff. I mean, again, we're hearing reports of stuff that happened four or five years ago with this guy. Like, if he's coaching, again, the Steelers, or he's coaching that big market, there's no way this happens. You don't have a talent like Josh Allen that's that elite, and then you say, well, you know, it's everyone else's fault that we're not winning. It, and that, and also, it, I think it's it's really easy. And I'm not saying the reporters in Buffalo aren't good; they're very good. Yeah, they're absolutely. digging around, like Ty and Tim Graham, who's yeah. been on the show, and Elena, and all. The, I'm forgetting, like there's so many. The Bills have a really good; they're really good at keeping stuff in house. It's very Belichickian in that way. And the fact that this 9/11 anecdote never got out until now, which Ty had seven people, seven people confirmed this story went down the way that he writes it. That I I find that hard to believe it would have stayed under wraps. I mean, it's it's um and now you know about it and now what do you do about that? You got a, a head coach that just looks absolutely clueless. Maybe it was just a bad moment, but as Ty says, there's other instances where his communication is totally out of whack. And he's a the 2019 part of this is a fascinating part to me because. I mean, he was an embattled coach in 2019. I mean, that was the end up being their first good season where they had 10 wins. Nine and seven first year, six and ten second year. And there's thoughts about whether or not he's going to survive. Part of me is like, I mean, he says this comment. It it clearly rubs so many people the wrong way. How could it not? You know? like, why wasn't he just removed right then and there? Yeah. You got to understand, though, like there's a lot of context. that That Buffalo was one of those revolving door places. You know, that is true. You're, it's Rex Ryan, it's Mike Malarkey, it's Dick Duran, it's Chan Gailey, it's it's nobody. Ultimately, it was nobody, and and he broke that playoff drought, and that meant a lot. Eight five five two one two four CBS. But the nine eleven stuff, I mean, it's fireable, but they didn't fire him then when he said it. So now you're gonna fire him years later. That feels like now you just be you'd be caving to public pressure. But I, I don't know if that's right either. Like, you've moved past it. Well, you haven't moved past it, probably, but the organization clearly is thinks that you moved past it. So it's tough. 855-212-4CBS. Yes, jaw on the floor, as Ty said. I think that's about right. Coming up, a lot more to do, including we've got Shohei Otani updates for you. We've got more preview of what's going on this weekend in the NFL. Massive, massive game on the docket. We'll get to it next. Don't move. Maggie and Perloff, CBS Sports Radio. Stream the NFL on Westwood One for free. It's sponsored by AutoZone. All season long, you can listen to every Westwood One broadcast of the NFL live on the NFL app by asking Alexa to open Westwood One Sports or on the Odyssey app. Got to get in the zone. AutoZone, the free AutoZone Fix Finder service can help you find a fix for free. Get in the zone. AutoZone restrictions apply. It's Maggie and Perloff on this Friday. Perloff has had to scurry away to jury duty where he is going to be, well, hopefully not tied up for too long. I'm here. Andrew Bogish is here with some headlines. 
Um, we were just talking a little. We have some Shohei Otani updates for you in just a moment. But if you caught any of the in-season tournament last night, which I know, listen, that Patriots-Steelers game first half probably killed any chance the in-season tournament had of maybe grabbing some eyeballs because they hit the over in the first half, <laughs> which no one was expecting. If Bailey Zappi comes out and throws three touchdown passes in the first half, it's like, oh, man, we got a game here. And uh, the Patriots did not score in the second half. So right. it was fool's gold a little. But the in-season tournament did this thing, Bogus. I don't know if you saw it. Between the first and second game, they had like musical performances. And I did not see it. I barely saw the actual basketball. Well, it wasn't Dave Matthews, man, so of course you didn't see it. But hey, it, hey, was, hey. it was. I like other people. <laughs> didn't, that's a lie. It was Nelly with another guy with him. That guy never got introduced. Hype man. Probably just a hype man, yeah. Not Flavor Flav. No, 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 not Flavor Flav. It was Nelly, Nelly, and the guy. And Nelly and the other guy. And then it was two of the three members of TLC because, unfortunately, Left Eye has passed away. So it was T-Boz and Chili from TLC. And I got to tell you, I know the NBA didn't intend to do this, but they made me feel so old. Because, first of all, there was no way that half the members of TLC wanted to be there in that moment except for the check. (laughs) Nelly is probably, he's mailing it in. And no one in the audience knew the words except for the hook. Like, Everyone in the audience was too young to know the words and sing along. And I, that was like my wheelhouse. And I felt very old. Well, I mean, bring back your Dave Matthews jokes. Because what's a better choice? Dave Matthews (laughs) crushing whatever arena that is? Or these dopes, you know... Sleepwalking through it. Come hey, on. Listen, Nelly did his thing at the Big 12 tournament, Big 12 championship. In yeah. what year? Yeah, no, he did it on Saturday. Oh, so last weekend he he gave a, all his energy was spent on Saturday. Nothing left look, for Thursday in Vegas. He's a little, he's a little older. He just he now see he's having a kid. Congratulations to him and Ashanti. A lot's going on in his life, okay? He can't bat a thousand at this point in his career. <laughs> it was just, it, it made me feel bad about myself. And I'm wondering if other people have experienced this. Like when you see artists, musicians, it's not their fault, but like everyone ages. Maybe you put on a couple pounds. Maybe you're looking a little bloated, whatever it is. And it makes the audience feel old. It makes the people you intend to entertain feel old. Right, and I I would also wonder why they thought they needed to entertain us. There are other things for us to do in between these two games, especially because the first game went long, I think, longer than they thought. Yeah. So there was less time to kill. Like, just, I'm going to go to the bathroom. I'm going to have some dinner. I'm going to put my bets in for the Thursday night game so I'm not... (laughs) Talk to a girl. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, like, why do I even need any, anybody? Well, they had to kill an hour and a half. Go it, that's a lot else. of Barkley. It's a lot of Kenny. Yeah, sign Shaq. off. Play some charmed reruns in between <laughs> on TNT. Now, now, if you told me Nelly was singing Dave Matthews' catalog, then all right, I'll take it. <laughs> now Pete suddenly has that's piqued his interest. Yeah, there you go. Uh, let's go around the room quickly. EJ and I were just talking about this. I feel old because Nelly and TLC were kind of mailing it in last night. The, the song that was number one the year you were born. Like googly googs. Okay. I know mine. So, I mean, I did mine just now. Um, So, we're talking about April 20th, the week of April 20th, my birthday, April 21st, 1991. You're in love, Wilson Phillips. Oh, Wilson Phillips. No idea what any of those words mean together. Don't know that song. Don't know. Do you know Wilson Phillips, though? They had this, they came back around with a star turn in Bridesmaids. No. I didn't watch Bridesmaids. You didn't see Bridesmaids? Oh, no. This is, this, is a, this is a running thing. I, I, there are a lot of movies that I have not seen that aren't 
that if they're not hood classics or comic book movies or <laughs> yeah. sports movies, haven't seen them. High I, chance I didn't see them. Honestly, I I put Bridesmaids on the list. It was legitimately it crushed at the box office. It was a massive hit. It's super funny. It's still funny. It's still funny. It holds up. It's on TV all the time. Uh, the week I was born, it was the Eurythmics. Sweet dreams are made of these. Okay. What about anyone else want to go here? So yeah. I, I only, go ahead if you got your. No, you go, folks. Well, I only did for the the year of 1980, and that was a song that just disappeared because I was switching it to the week of. Fantastic radio. Yeah, Pete. no, I I messed <laughs> myself up. Go, Pete. Uh, it was uh, January '85, uh, uh, like a virgin Madonna. Oh, that's a good one. All right, still holds up. So, "Call Me by Blondie" was the number one oh. song of 1980. But this says crazy little thing called Love by Queen was number one on my birthday, the week of my birthday. These are all hits, guys. Yeah. We really nailed this. Also, like a ver- virgin, also 30% of young people who use sports betting <laughs> right. websites. Does According EJ to one know Madonna? Oh, I know Madonna. Okay, Give good. me a break. I, <laughs> yes, I know Madonna. Wait, so I'm curious, though. What is your, what, 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 year, what week were you born? Or February 25th, 1980. So February 25th. So if you're talking about that specific time, the day you were born, the number one song was Crazy Little Thing Called Love Queen. Yeah. Yeah. He just said that. Yeah. Oh, I just said, <laughs> oh, I'm thinking about Madonna. I'm sorry. <laughs> For a second, I thought you were going to say something else. Me I'm too. like, man, EJ like, really stumped me you. off when you asked me about Madonna. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Shohei Otani. Well, listen, Bogus, you're the update, man. You've got some details for us. Yes, the day after the Yankees traded for Juan Soto, we are now on Shohei Otani Watch. MLB Network's John Morosi tweeting last hour, a decision is imminent, maybe as soon as today. Dodgers, Angels, Cubs, Blue Jays, and Pirates have been connected. Not the no. Pirates. <laughs> Wait uh, a minute. You're Mar- messing with us. <laughs> uh, after typing out the tweet, Morosi did go on TV, expanded on the tweet, and he said since they're not so long, no longer secret meeting Monday at their spring training complex, momentum has built in the Blue Jays' favor. What? Yes, that that's what he would say. Momentum building with the Blue Jays over the last couple of days. Wait, are we on in Toronto? We might be. Are we? We're almost certainly, yeah, definitely. Okay, I think we are. I, I'm curious, like, what kind of ripple effect would that have if Otani, the biggest free agent maybe we've ever had, or at least in my lifetime in baseball, just pick the, the Toronto Blue Jays? Sign me up. Does baseball awesome. want that? Do they not want it? I mean, Toronto's a thriving baseball market. Yeah, and and if there's thoughts of putting a team back in Montreal, mm. making baseball that much more popular in Canada, I think baseball will be very happy with an Eastern time zone team. I think they might like it, him being spread out, not on the Yankees or the Red Sox. Yeah, but or still in the ALE, so still, still the playing ALEs. the Red Sox and playing the Yankees right. all the time. Um, I... I don't think they'd object to to this. Wow! And I love the team. They it's got some team. young. They got some young studs. Right. They, they just they just need that piece to get them over the hump. I think we're talking. To, I was on the pleat behind the glass here. And I thought he made a good point. The one thing that seems like they're missing, and I don't know if Otani brings that, is like that dog in the clubhouse. Like, who is their clubhouse guy? It's not Vlad Junior. No, I think he's. I don't. I don't want to say he's soft, but I think people think of him as more like he's. The home run hitter, he's not in the greatest shape. Like, yeah, you know, and both. His dad was a dog. A lot, what about um? They have a lot of young guys, you know. What about like Manoa? Right? Is he? Is he still? There? Well, he they his name has been put out there trade wise. Right. Bad season. 
Um, and I, I don't think he likes them and they don't like him because Got of the way it. he was treated. And, and who knows yeah. if he's even good anymore. Man, but is Otani a dog? Like a, you know, you know what I mean? In I the sense he, it got I, that dog in him. I think he, you know, he's going to get the money, but I think he's the, the player that, that needs to be the second in terms of the, the voice in the locker room. Interesting. I like, mm-hmm. like, like with, with him and Trout, Trout's the voice. Is he? I feel uh, like Trout's a... C- compared to Otani, Otani's not talking, so I, I, I would think Trout would be, or somebody else would be the voice in that in that clubhouse. If, if say, Otani went to the Dodgers, right. they have Betts and they have Freeman. Right, right. Mm-hmm. And, and lots of leaders. Uh, lots of leaders. If Kershaw, Kershaw resigns, yeah. Kershaw... Right. Um, it's. I think he need, he needs to go to a place where he there's some other leaders. He's not the only one. Yeah, I mean, we do we certain, know enough about him to even know if he's a leader? So there's plenty of clips of him. You know, he he can he speaks passable English yeah, enough sure. to communicate. Definitely. I'm sure he probably speaks better English behind the scenes. Hundred percent. Yeah. Definitely. He has a. He seems to have a very good sense of humor. He fits in. I don't. He does not seem to be an outsider. I don't know if he's a rah rah kind of guy like Pete's talking about, but he's not also. Disconnected from the group, right? Right. Is George George Springer's got to be a bit that, of a yeah, dog? That right? was the only guy I could think of on that team. I said maybe he's that guy, but I mean, when you watch the Blue Jays play, it just feels like that's the thing they're missing. I mean, they've had these flameouts in the postseason. They're a team that has all this talent, but for whatever reason, can't get over the hump. I, look, adding a unicorn like Otani certainly helps, but I still wonder if they also need a grinder and someone who kind of teaches young guys kind of what it takes to 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 get to that. World Series caliber level. Interesting. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, I, when I, I like the way that Bo Bichette plays the game, you know? Same. Yep. 855-212-4CBS. Uh, more headlines. Yes, we need more Tyrese Halliburton this morning. A player EJ's Knicks wish they had just like they wish they had the Pacers upside. Uh, Halliburton, oh, give me a break. <laughs> Halliburton with oh. 27 points and 15 assists to lead those Pacers past the Bucks, 128-119 into the NBA Cup title game tomorrow night in Vegas. I'll remind you that the Bucks were in this game because they beat the Knicks and then the Pacers beat the Bucks. So the Pacers are better than the Knicks by more than one math process there. Um, after one of his dagger shots last night, Halliburton checked his imaginary watch a la Dame time with Damian Lillard on the floor. But Halliburton says the gesture is just about his team. Our time is a group, and um, we're playing the right way. And like I said, we're, gonna, we're shocking the world right now. We're going to continue to do that. And as long as we play the right way, uh, we know we're going to be in every basketball game. And now Lillard's response. You know, when you dish it out, you got to be willing to take it. And for as many times as I've done it to people, you know, I can't be upset when um, somebody else does it. You know what I mean? I think that's also um, a sign of respect and acknowledgement for, you know, knowing my history and knowing what I do. So I, that again, no, we can't have grudges anymore. But wait, but wait, wait. Is so, there more? So I, there's more, I think. You tell me what you hear in part B. Okay. I didn't mind it. Um was what it was. I just, I've also known that, you know, when you having your moment is, it's important to be careful and to, to be humble when you having your moments because you just never know how the tables turn and when they're going to turn. Like that's half a warning, right? All right. That's a little bit of a, okay. Like, we'll see you in April. We'll get you the next time. Right. I get it. But again, bring back grudges in sports. I know it's not <laughs> healthy for life. But it can be healthy for this part of sports, right? Yes. You have all off season to make up. This is the same thing with Drake Greenlaw and Big Dom. Now with Dame Lillard, like, oh, it's a sign of respect. You got to be like, I'm going to teach this guy to never do that again. How I, dare he? It's it's against my 
core being say anything good about a pacer. But what I will say about Halliburton is I feel like of all the the most low-hanging fruit on how to taunt against somebody is to take their own celebration. Right. I will say I think this may be the best celebration to steal from another athlete because it means you hit a game-winning shot or a, a back-breaking shot. Like, right. if someone does the the gritty against, you know, Justin Jefferson, it's like, yeah. well, how many people do the gritty? Like, to steal the game time and hitting a clutch three and looking at the car and getting his hour time, like, that that's pretty cold. I got to admit. <laughs> well, I think the low-hanging fruit is when guys uh, dunk on somebody and they do the too small. Oh, I love that. I know, but it's like I, everyone in the NBA is 6'8". <laughs> it's, just, it's just not true is my problem. I just wish that Lillard would have came onto our team, the anti-IST team, and went, this doesn't matter. He can have this one. No, the NBA we'll, will find him. <laughs> we'll, we'll get it when it really, you know, Dame times in April and May when it actually matters. I well, think there's something going on behind the scenes where if you say anything negative about the in-season tournament publicly as a player, you are not going to make the all-star team or something like right. that. Durant got kind of close, yeah. sort of sort of <laughs> called it out, but then kind of saved it and was like, no, 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 it is, you know, it did feel like a playoff atmosphere. I think they've threatened people behind the scenes. If you punk our tournament, it's going to come back on you. There's also a report I just saw before coming back into the room that the Lakers deliberated on hanging a banner if they win this and have decided not to. I don't understand why they even thought about doing this. Unless that's like a, you know, like, let's put it out there. More marketing. We're never going to do it. But let's say we might have done it. Then you can write the report that we decided not to do it. They're the Lakers. Again, I think the NBA gets involved here. <laughs> and it helps. It Listen, the players, what do they want, right? They want more money. It helps sure. everybody if you can, right. you know, they're about to do this big new TV deal for the NBA. You want to make the product. It's like you're about to sell your house. You want to make it look as good yeah. as possible to get the highest bidder. I could see the NBA telling the Lakers, hang that banner. When apparently LeBron thinks this would be cool because Jordan never did it, I really think that Jordan wouldn't be in this if it existed oh, in, the, in the 90s. We what? talked about this. No I think way. Jordan would be super competitive about this. Ugh. He's competitive about anything. He wanted to but, kick yeah. people's butt in quarters. But he would have in... Okay, he wanted to win everything he played in, yes. But there is zero chance that Michael Jordan would ever present an NBA Cup title in defense of Michael Jordan's resume. He would never go, I won six titles and this and that, and I won the first NBA Cup title. That would never come out. He would not be proud of it. He would not (laughs) celebrate it. He'd want to win because he always wanted to win, but he wouldn't be like, hey, look what I just got, guys. This is also somebody who had to produce their own 10-part documentary to make sure that we didn't forget (laughs) that he is a great basketball player. He's not above anything. But it wouldn't be be part 11 on his NBA Cup (laughs) resume. (laughs) No, because it'd be about some other random player we never heard of who played for the Wizards who he, uh, you know, embarrassed. Right. You know, when they lost the 98 NBA Cup, and I didn't forget that, whatever the line, like that wouldn't have existed. It probably would have been, you know, they and would have I added remember. a whole other 10 episodes about that. No. I have a theory also on LeBron is that they talked a lot about the Jordan thing. I think there's another thing at play about why he's so into this. Think about where this is being played. It's being played in Las Vegas, and you watch that game last night, and he's chatting it up with the Las Vegas Aces. He's chatting up with the coaches and players from that team. He's chatting up with the fans there. LeBron wants stake in that Las Vegas franchise that's coming to the NBA, and I think for him, he's looking at this as a launch, a soft launch for LeBron Las Vegas. Yeah, I think that that is a big deal with why he's been so into this. I agree, and also, he's already part of the ownership group for the Red Sox, right? Yes. And Liverpool and everything, Mm -hmm. so... He's already in with an ownership. Like, this is, you don't have to connect too many dots here to get him to Vegas. 
Well, maybe he and the Lakers can handle Halliburton and the Pacers. Uh, the NBA Cup final is tomorrow night with the Lakers smoking the Pels last night, 133-89. A little tighter in Pittsburgh. The Patriots get a 21-18 win over the Steelers. That snaps their five-game skid. It was 21-3, so they have to hang on to get just their third win of the season. So now they're two games behind the Panthers slash Bears for that number one pick. Andrew Bogish, thank you so much. Coming up, we've got college football news for you. Don't move. Maggie and Perloff, CBS Sports. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome back. Maggie Gray, Andrew Perloff is at jury duty right now. So Andrew Bogish is here. Man, Perloff's going to get a case, isn't he? We're gonna not. See, we're not gonna see this guy for months. I can just. This would be his luck. He's gonna get on like a very complicated financial crimes case or something. It's gonna take forever. Well, I think we're like, gonna have to hear about it forever. You know, he's he's had a lot of good fortune in his life, being in movies and whatnot. Yeah. I, like it would definitely track for him to be on a on a case that matters that he could get notoriety off of that as yes, well. You're right. He always backs into stuff. Yeah. That, like you're, you're so right about that. Also, I guarantee because I've been out in the world with Perloff now for like almost a decade, somebody there will be like McLovin. A hundred percent. Definitely. It always happens. He gets recognized more than Paul Rudd. Does he get recognized enough that he actually might be excused because of that? I don't think so because once famously the owner of the Giants, John Mara, had to serve on a jury yeah. during the NFL lockout. Do you remember that? Yes. And Perloff is, you know, gets recognized a lot and he's very gracious whenever it happens, but he's story, not the level of John Mara. I told the story to you guys that I was at my barber and he was, I told him how I'm on this show now. He's like, oh, put it on. And he puts on the show and he's watching you guys and he's like, that guy on the right looks familiar. I was like, well, yeah, he's done that side stuff. He's been on Dan Patrick. He's like, no, no. Is he an actor? And I'm <laughs> no. like, well, yes, he was, in, he, was in, he was in Hustle. He's like, yeah, that's why I saw him. That's why I know who he was. And I was like, so you know him as an actor. <laughs> it's amazing. Uh, let's get to our shot of the day. He shoots! And the shot of the day is brought to you by Casamigos. Tequila Casamigos is brought to you by those who drink it. My Friday night will also be brought to you by Casamigos, along with my, my Saturday. My tomorrow will be for sure. <laughs> a little bit of Sunday. Um, <laughs> Two hours from now. <laughs> yes. My brunch will be brought to you by Casamigos. Um, today's shot of the day, a little snapshot of the show, was, uh, well, we got some new data, and it shows that young men, allegedly, have replaced sex in their life with sports gambling, at least according to one economist. And this all made sense to Perloff. This does explain one thing, though. Okay. 
Uh, in high school, I had a bookie who made a lot of sports bets. So, so that's why you weren't getting any uh, action? Yeah, yes. <laughs> I don't think yeah, she directed like, the male virginity issue. <laughs> that's why I was like, yeah, she might be onto something because that's a I remember I was, betting, history here. I was betting Duquesne St. Joe's <laughs> and not getting any action. But if Mobile Betty was around, I'd be a monk. That's a great first date, <laughs> UTV. Maxine Dupree's dancing around you in her singlet. And you're like, like, no, like, no, 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 no. I got the no, second half No, I got under. the under on the Browns game. <laughs> not tonight, honey. <laughs> so crazy. <laughs> this is out there now. This is out there. This was this was the the facts were 63% of young people not in a rela- young men, pardon me, not in a relationship and don't want to be. Don't even want to date casually. 30% of young men haven't had sex in a year and don't think that's wrong. Nothing wrong with it because they're putting other things in their life and one of the theories was sports betting is one of them. <sighs> That was an interesting word choice. I wasn't sure we were going to go there. <laughs> Putting other things in. Like, easy, Maggie. Where's that button, Pete? Yeah, Pete, get ready. <laughs> ready. The, I don't know, I'm talking about a lot of technicalities here, yeah. guys. Um, this show's brought to you by Casamigos, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Maggie's no. potty mouth. Yeah, wow. I mean, this is just facts. That's the CNBC said this, not me. And like during the day too, not like some bizarro overnight or weekend show. It was like Squawk Box. It was like prime. Their number one yeah. show. Definitely a light day on the market. <laughs> <laughs> it's like we can't have anything. No interest rates. We got nothing to talk about except this. She's just been there for like four weeks waiting for a spot and somebody canceled. Well, Isn't like, there another, put, another a jobs report coming out? Yes, put the sex God. and gambling lady on. No. Where's that ball guy with the gold tee? Can he do <laughs> Because he there's something? someone who needs to roll up their sleeves somewhere and scream at me um there there did make a point that the sports betting right now is not legal in texas and california and once that happens no one's ever getting laid again yep armageddon (laughs) sorry ladies it's over (laughs) thank you to ej stewart thank you to pete pilati thank you to andrew bogish and doing some extra work thank you so much to andrew kaplan of course to the widows of the coffee drinkers ty dunn saratiano the you guys How lucky are we we get to do this every day? Have a great weekend. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.